Welcome everybody to this episode of O365A. Um, what we'd like to do on this podcast is uh, use our collective experience to give you some tips and tricks from the field to help you with Microsoft Teams and Microsoft 365. Uh, so tonight we're just going to do a roundtable of uh, current projects we're working on and um, give you some tips and tricks which can hopefully help you on your journey. Uh, Habib, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, thanks, Kurt. Uh, so yeah, I have a, a couple of things that I'm working on. Um, have some customers that are piloting uh, shared channels or uh, Teams Connect, and uh, just some of the things that we're going through um, around, you know, security concerns and uh, security assessments and stuff like that. So <clears throat> we're currently, you know, engaging with the security teams um, to, you know, obviously validate you know, what kind of uh, security is happening within the background, you know, how the authentication happens um, as well. Along with, you know, there's some things to consider as well, you know, ensuring, you know, from uh, inf user information protection, you know, what data is being shared about the users within your organization outside. Um, so those are just some things to consider if you're doing uh, any type of those, I guess, um, you know, information protection uh, on a user level. Uh, I'm still doing some <clears throat> additional, some compliance management that I've been working on for quite some time. I'm also doing uh, Teams uh, tenant to tenant migration. So um, certain things, you know, you got to, you know, I guess when you're looking at stuff like that, what you need to discuss, uh, you know, what channels are moving, if you're going to move, you know, Teams as is into the new environment. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it's important to understand, um, you know, if you plan to have, you know, like a new structure in the new tenant, whether you plan to, you know, rename them or, or, or uh, you know, adjust the naming convention. So you might want to take care of that prior to migration. So all of your, your team names and your channels will be, um, uh, I guess, re in your new naming convention prior to migration. And then something as well, too, is, you know, applying um, user mappings so that, you know, if you're migrating from one tenant to the other, obviously you need to make sure that the users uh, that are part of your teams uh, in the source are also part of your destination. Otherwise, you're going to get like unknown user or depending on uh, the solution that you're using, you may use the service account uh, that, <clears throat> you know, those those messages that those, you know, individuals posted, I guess, in the source tenant will be posted as the um, service account that you're using to do the migration and stuff. So just a couple of things that, you know, I want to quickly just talk about and add in uh, for some of the things I'm working on. Good stuff. You know, what, uh, what are you working on these days? Yeah, I've, uh, I've got an interesting um, customer that I was brought in to help. They, um, they're comprised of about 50 different sites or, or um, sub companies that represent the, the parent company, all running disparate phone systems. So uh, literally each site operates as an independent company and they're all using a wide variety of different phone systems. So they, their goal is they wanted to get to Microsoft Teams and have one phone system instead of 50 different phone systems. You know, so they had gone down this path of doing these like super deep dive dis discoveries um, which was chewing up a lot of project hours and not really resulting in any in any um, traction or movement. So um, they, they kind of put things on hold and 
um, I got involved and we kind of flipped it on its head and said, look, let's let's do things a bit differently here. Um, let's let's try to take an at more agile approach and, um, you know, work with two or three offices at a time and get get an understanding of what they need. Um, so we started off with a couple of quick interviews with, you know, the IT staff and the local receptionists and just got an understanding of what they were looking for. Um, you, you know, and, and that's important because often you look at what you have. A lot of people think you got to look at what you have and that's how you can migrate. And that might be true, but with phone systems, often a lot of what you have is is kind of really archaic. And, you know, it, it's funny, the first few of these interviews that we've had, a lot of the times they start off with saying, look, what we have today is not exactly what we want. So documenting that and trying to replicate it made no sense. So it's kind of been interesting to determine this. So literally, you know, this organization's already running teams, so they've already been using it for collaboration. So we we get started, uh, we get them up up and running on a on a voice pilot where we uh, um, get everybody, you know, enabled for for Teams Voice on whatever uh, they happen to be settled on calling plans. You know, we we then build out some um, sort of temporary call queues and auto tenants for them to use as a as a and just trial it so they've still got their regular phone system so they're not having to they can get their feet wet and understand how this is going to work using some new dids and then when they're comfortable we schedule cutovers and then we flip them over and you know on the monday we follow up with them make sure that things are working right um if there's any kinks there's usually a couple things that they say oh you know what let's change this message here or change this option and you know just resolve and go from there so we we found they found that this agile approach is really working uh well for them after about two or three iterations at this point so uh i've got 47 more to go so <laughs> we'll see how it goes i mean in terms of recommendations and quick tips there i think i would say a pm is you need a pm to, to you know to organize um all the scheduling uh organize who were all the local contacts that's super critical. So that just, you know, uh, the technical team can focus on what they're just, you know, what they're supposed to be doing and creating the auto tenants and call queues, that type of thing. And, you know, I think we're trying to do like, we're trying to run with two to three sites at a time. Like, so the planning's going on, we've got a master planning uh, schedule, but then we're at any given time, we're probably talking to two to three offices and they're all at various stages as, as to when they're going to go with never more than one office on any any given monday that's going to be cut over you, you certainly don't want to cut over two or three offices and all on a monday morning and and find you've got multiple offices and with issues because then you're just gonna be confused as to you know you might make more mistakes because you're changing the wrong things so it's fine to plan two to three sites deep but you know schedule schedule only one site per week kind of thing so that's uh yeah so that's where i'm at and uh Pass it back over to you, Kurt. Yeah, well, um, I've been using Teams as a as a user to try to manage a project, and I've gone down this road three or four times before. And depending on the size of the project you have, um, it's interesting trying to use Teams solely as the one-stop shop for the project management. Um, because on one hand, Microsoft Teams, as we all know, you can plug in different apps, you can have different tabs, different channels. 
But I've always sort of struggled with, well, what's the best way to use teams to set up and manage a project? And having gone through it again on a, on a small scale, uh, some tips and tricks that come to mind. One, almost all project in one shape or form has some static content associated with it. And that can vary from, you know, quick lists to uh, small one page text uh, documents to a more elaborate wiki type uh, structure where you need to document architecture or various um, describe various things of the project or the system. So I actually had never really uh, truly tried the the default teams wiki app. So I, I gave it a shot um, trying to sort of compare it to Atlassian Confluence, which is a more sophisticated, popular wiki. And I, I see why um, people with more advanced wiki needs uh, don't use the built-in wiki uh, app. It's it's good. It actually works for very basic documentation, but it doesn't have any uh, ver version control. It doesn't have... Um, uh, you know, doesn't track which user changed certain things. The UI is a bit cumbersome. Um, so my recommendation there is use it for a simple structure, simple wiki. But when you need something a little more uh, advanced, you can use many of the third party wiki tools and then you just include them as a tab, assuming that that wiki is uh, available through a website. Um, still in the static content too. you know, a couple other quick options you can always add a tab and uh, include a Word doc or um, a OneNote. Um, OneNote can work good because you have the ability of, to have sections, section groups, and different pages. Uh, lastly, uh, on the static content too, you can use uh, lists. There's a list app, or you can just use a loop component, which has a checklist if you just want a simple checklist. Um, on many of the projects I work on, we use Azure DevOps to actually run the projects, the sprints. Um, one very easy integration, you can just add the uh, ADO board as a website and put that in the channel. So it's always there. It's a nice, easy reference for the whole team. There is a, an Azure DevOps Teams app, which helps you uh, monitor, plan, and collaborate. Um, I haven't used it uh, in depth enough um, to know just how well it works. My initial impressions were it was a bit cumbersome, and uh, I just actually liked including the, the website uh, to Azure DevOps. Um, lastly, when it comes to uh, task management, um, there is the Teams app uh, Tasks by Planner and To-Do, and uh, that allows you to manage tasks individually, which is like the To-Do part of it, or uh, across your team, which is the old planner capabilities. And I've used it actually quite uh, quite a bit, and I like it. Um, it it's not as full featured or functional as Azure DevOps, but often in projects you have the sprinting, you have the PBIs and and the various features. That's Azure DevOps. But uh, if you just need to track high level items, who needs to do what, um, that uh, tasks app can work quite well. And last thing I'll say is if you do have sophisticated project management needs. There's uh, third-party uh, Teams apps available uh, like uh, Jira Cloud and um, various other ones that you can try out. So hopefully those tips help you get started uh, managing a project in Teams. And uh, Michael, what, uh, what have you been working on? 
Yeah, I mean, there always seems to be uh, voice projects in flight. You know, a lot of customers are reducing their footprint in, you know, Cisco Call Manager. I uh, still have quite a few uh, Skype for Business Link uh, server decom projects moving to Teams, moving voice to Teams. So uh, it's always interesting dusting off the, the Skype skills to, you know, get all the information from the infrastructure to, to make sure the plan, the migration. A little harder now with not the the greatest hybrid migration experience uh, with the you know the tenant modes changing and stuff like that. Uh, some of the things that come up in some of my voice projects uh, lately is when we're dealing with like a via SPCs. Um, I, I usually see that we have to do a little bit more work on the SPCs to handle uh, transfers, you know, blind transfer, consultant transfers between teams and the uh, via session manager or uh, the via PBX. So. That's typically a rabbit hole that we go down is, you know, making tech testing, making sure media goes both ways uh, in, in those instances. Uh, a lot of advanced uh, voice routing projects have started up. So Contact Center um, has, has been uh, definitely uh, on, on top of mind of a lot of the customers that have been doing voice now for a while and now want to, you know, improve that, that customer experience. And then I, I guess one of the, the bigger projects that I'm working on is for, for an energy company that has been struggling transitioning from on-prem infrastructure to the cloud, specifically around resource account management. So this is, you know, accounts used for common area phones, accounts used for Microsoft Teams rooms, accounts used just for meeting rooms that are for booking and, and stuff like that. So we actually went down the, the path of, of building a, a a solution for them using Azure services. So we have a, a static web app, we have Key Vault, we have you know, uh, a provisioning engine uh, done with uh, Azure Functions. Uh, so it's interesting to kind of put all these pieces together to kind of automate the system where they were you know, passing it along between different departments and teams. And a resource account could take weeks or even a month to, to provision. And so when you have, you know, hey, we're doing 80 rooms in a building, uh, that doesn't that doesn't really cut it. So uh, it's been a learning uh, event, you know, kind of putting all the pieces in place, dealing with a lot of changes on the PowerShell modules. Exchange PowerShell module is changing. The Teams PowerShell module is changing. The the you know Azure AD module is changing. You know stuff around graphs. So uh, kind of following along with uh, with all those changes and, and, and compliance issues between you know having three different modules working in, in sync and detecting errors. So uh, it's been a fun little project uh, to kind of put this together. Very good. There you go. We got migration, voice, PBXs, and project management. All right. Well, hope those uh, tips and tricks help you out and uh, look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. See you. So Dino, on your...